So tonight I do want to talk to you about authority and um, how important it is that I have authority in my life. And I'd like you to go to Hebrews, if you will, in chapter 13. I did look at my watch, so I'm not going to go real long tonight, but I do feel like it's something we need to understand. Well, let me just stop here for just a minute. I wrote down some, uh, some things earlier um, as I was thinking about chain of command and, and authority. In our church, we have a whole lot of people that are over things. And I'm going to mention these. There's about, I guess, about seven of them, uh, thing, or eight of them, that people are over in this church that I know kind of what's going on, but I don't have to be the, the supreme boss that tells them every move to make. You can't do that. That's not the purpose of authority. The purpose of authority is to provide protection, but also give you instruction so that you will do things right that isn't selfish, and you do things based on what's better for everybody. Is this making sense so far? And you teenagers, I'm going to talk to you just for a second. Don't get offended at authority. They're not always right. They're not as cool as you. They do have a lack of hair. They do have things about them that is different, whatever. But you need to understand the value and the knowledge they have because of what they have encountered and what they have experienced. So instead of getting resentful and responding in a negative way, learn to sit back, keep your mouth shut, and listen. Because I promise you, many headaches you will avoid if you will listen to the authority. Now let's go to the adults. God has placed authority in our life, spiritual authority and other authorities for our protection. And if we go through our whole life always being mad at somebody that's over us or someone that's our authority, then you are one miserable person. And more than likely, you're still acting like a 17-year-old. I'm going to read some names off of people that do different things here in the church. This is not about pat boys and pat I'm not really big about parading people around and throwing them in front of people. I don't like that. I think it, it draws too much attention to us, and then other people want to do things to be seen. And let me just establish this real quick. What we do here is not about being seen. And I don't care what department you're in and what you do. If you want to do it to be seen, then don't do it. Period. It's just, your authority position is not about people going ooh and all about you. Because believe it or not, I know you, and you're not that impressive. Don't get offended at that either. That's just the way it is. Because I'm not impressed with me. My wife isn't. Am, am, I, am I being ugly, honey? Okay. I'm going to get off of that. Okay. Let me mention some people. Uh, two of the guys that do the most of security are Larry and Bobby. And unless you were here yesterday for that one-hour training this hospitality, you have no idea the hours and planning and things they have done that has to do with security. It's huge. We go from that, then we go to hospitality. Natasha just took this over, and man, she's energetic, and she has lots of, how many of y'all know Natasha? Natasha, wave your hand over here. She is like a, she's like a bumblebee. You know, that's how she is. And, but she has a passion to do this, and she wants to do it right. Get on board and listen. She won't do everything right because something she will do will stink, and they're going to crash and burn. But guess what? We get up and we try something different. So I really appreciate her doing that. Our worship and all the organization, and I know Nick gets a lot of help from everybody involved in the worship, from the sound to the platform to the, how many of y'all noticed the new drum kit box over here? You might notice that. Doesn't that look a lot better? I did that in about three days all by myself. It was amazing, and I really got it knocked out. But praise the Lord, I, that's why my knee's hurting. I've been so much time in repentance for just telling a big lie. I didn't do anything. All right. But Nick does a lot of things, and I'm going to be honest with you. Nick is a great guy, but he sure doesn't walk in perfection, regardless of what Caitlin thinks. He just doesn't. But he has a lot of people that assist as well. And it works. It functions. It works the way it should. 
youth, Leighton and Miranda, they had around 50 kids here last night in the gym. It was psychotic and crazy. I know we had a little babysitting issue to take care of, but, but we got that taken care of. And the thing is, they did a great job organizing. Miranda was on the computer all week promoting it and doing videos and showed me and Leighton in their dunking. It was great. How many of y'all seen those videos? Me and Leighton. Okay, Leighton in their dunking. And she done things to promote it. Why? Because they're doing a good job and they're elevating something and outreach because there was tons of people here last night. 13 to 18, that's what it's for, to reach those kids. Then we have assembly kids with, with Christian and Larry, you know, and they're doing a great job, and things are transforming to do, and we've got bigger things and things planned, and, and they, you'd have to know this, but there's a lot involved with them and what they do with our kids. Finances is what Jane does, and, you know, you may think it's not that big a deal, but how many of you would like to do tax reports on about 300 people every year? How many of you like to do it? I wouldn't. I would stink at it. You'd be coming to me and it'd be in crayon and white paper. That's what you hear. There's your receipt. There you go. But she's different. Sister Cooper done it for years. They know what that takes. It takes hours. Let me keep going. Charity. Charity does things here that nobody else knows. And I know she does cleaning. But the thing that Charity does is she does things when nobody else is around. When a small group comes in and does something, they make a mess. You know what she does? She goes behind them and picks it up and cleans it up. And she shouldn't. Thank you, Jerry. But, but she does. And you may not think that's a big deal. That is a huge deal. Because I don't worry about things. If her and Mike are here, bam, it's taken care of. And they don't ask other people to jump in. They just get it done. Food bank. And I know Carla and Brenda have done the majority of that for years. But now we have so many people involved in that that has made it happen. Those are all things in leadership that are under the headship of the church. But they all have authority in themselves. But yet they have somebody to be accountable to. And I don't, do not say this in any way with pride or arrogance, but I'm talking to you about authorities that I don't have a problem with them. They usually, everybody usually comes straight to me and tells me what's going on. And when they don't tell me, I look at them. I don't hit. I don't call them names. But you have to let me know what's going on. Every department. I don't care who it is, and I don't care what department it is. You have to make sure I know anything. Look at me, Nick. Anything, got it? Anything that goes on, I need to know. And it isn't for me, but it's for your protection. Over the years, I've went to bat and protected so many people in this church because people didn't understand why they done what they done, but I did. And so they had my blessing, even though you may not have understood it. Authority is so important. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. It's the first part. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls, and they must give an account. There is something about management, something about authority, that your input and your, and your output is not about benefiting you. It is about benefiting them. How many of you have ever had children, and if you have, if you've never spanked them, you should have? And I don't care how good they may be, they have to be disciplined and taught. If they're not spanked, they need to be put in a corner, they need to eat soap, they need to do something to bring discipline. Come on now. How many of y'all have ever eaten soap? How many of y'all ate it more than once? All right. Some of us are slow learners. Some of us take a little bit longer. How many of you have had more than one spanking? How many of you should have had a whole lot more? Oh, yes. All right. Still with me, Bill, my brother-in-law? Still with me? All right. Obey those who have authority. Can you imagine a country without authority? And I know our country struggles with authority. 
Because to be honest with you, the reason our country struggles with a lot of authority is there's not a lot of respect for those in authority. Simply because the things that the people in our government, in our local government too, and in the national government, they do things that lack respect. And so it's hard for us to totally embrace. How many of y'all believe you can believe anything a politician says? Let me rephrase that. How many of you don't believe hardly anything a politician says? Why? Why do we not believe them? They are in a place of authority that we as a whole, a majority has voted for to get them there. And I know a lot of times we choose the lesser of two evils. I know how that works. But most politicians tell you what? They can get you to sway your vote. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. Let's get off politics. The chain of of authority is what keeps order. And in this church, all of those things I just brought up have to have order. And those that are over them have to take care of that job. I know it's not a paid position, but can you... Do you understand how many volunteers work in this church every week? Uh, let, me, let me interject this. We hired a girl to do our Wednesday night nursery five weeks ago. She's a young lady, about 20 years old. She's a student. She's going into something that she don't have to do with kids anymore. I know that. All speech at, at therapy. So she's going to college to do. Her name is Rachel. She is an absolute, just an awesome girl. And the first week she was here, I told her, I said, there's usually about five kids in the nursery on Wednesday night. The first night she had six. I don't know how many she had the next night, but last week she had 16. Poor Rachel. Layton, I got to talk to you about some of your girls. Do a rotation disc system, okay? We'll get to that later. Just don't let me forget. Rachel does an amazing job, and she's in a position. She's not part of our church. She's from the outside. But she's come in to assist, and we give her a little bit to kind of take care of her and help her a little bit along as doing this. But guess what? We're getting to a place that's going to require more. You know how many people were in class this morning outside of the sanctuary? Just kids' church and nursery? 72 people were in nursery and kids' church this morning. 72. That does not happen without authority and understanding, orchestrating, and organizing things. It has to happen. I'm pumped up. I don't know if you can tell it. I'm pumped up. Authority works. Authority works every time if we'll apply it and we'll embrace it and we'll understand it. Remember, you don't always agree with authority. I don't agree with him taking Sister Cooper and handcuffing her thumbprint or her handprint. I don't agree with her being fingerprinted in jail for not having registration. I think it was the gag and I think Brother Cooper was behind it. Okay. Okay, I'm going to tell you, none of that happened. She did get pulled over. He let her go home. He didn't arrest her. She didn't have to spend 30 days or three hours, but it sounded good. So here's the deal. I don't always agree with authority, and neither do you, because authority isn't always right, but there is always protection under authority. When you get out from underneath the authority that God's placed in your life, you open yourself up for attacks. Now, I want to bring this spiritually. I'm never going to get through all this, so we're just going to go wherever we need to go. But in our lives, with how God operates in authority, when we step out of that authority, we begin to allow other things to come into our life. We open ourselves up to demonic things, to satanic things, to sinful things, to things of our past. If you'll notice, when a person comes to Christ and, and they've abandoned some, some junk in their past and they've embraced the cross, and when you get in the shadow of the cross and you embrace it, you begin to say, you're my authority. 
I'm going to submit to you, right, Brandon? I'm going to submit to you. I no longer submit to me. But the moment that you stop submitting to Christ's authority is the moment you get out of his protection and you begin to grab and dabble and think and say and behave in ways you used to outside of his authority. So how important is it that you walk in the anointing of authority in your life? It is the most critical decision you can make. Because outside of that authority, you're walking in disobedience. And there is no way you will find favor. There is no way you can find direction. There is no way you'll find deliverance or anything else in a disobedient attitude or rebellious spirit. It can't happen. So how important is authority? Man, it's extremely important. The authority of this church may not always do everything right, but we sure try to. And when we make mistakes, sometimes we have to suffer from it. And sometimes we excel through it and God gives us grace. But one thing I do know is that our purpose and our motives are correct, period. We're starting something this, this next Thursday night, Threshold, and I'm super excited. I don't even, I don't even know, really know what we're doing. We're just going to do this. I've got influence from Carolyn and, and Chris and Christy and, 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 uh, and Darren and, and Sister Blau and, and Tammy and, and Philip and Nikki and, and different ones and and it's great. I'm excited to see what God's going to do because I really believe we're going to see some people break with things that they're struggling with. I'm excited, man, because I want to see Jesus just break that stuff off. And you know that song we sang, if you wish, you'll shake him chains off and throw him in the sea. Let me sing it to you. No, I won't sing it to you. Anyway, there's an old song that says, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to do that again. So here's the deal. Uh, Oh, Jesus is good. I think we're about done. I've been going for 20 minutes. I took two breaths. I would like you to go to Ezekiel chapter 33. And I want to talk to you about authority. The first thing I've talked to you about is learning to listen and submit and, and fall under authority. I'm going to say this again. I said it last. I think it was Wednesday night, maybe last Sunday night. If all you do is complain about your work, you will never, God will never bring a better job into your life. He will never take you into a place of thriving in another area if all you do is gripe and complain about what you already have. How can he? God has established the authority in your life for a reason. And although they may not always be right, and sometimes we get under some authority, it's pretty rotten. But if you've been working under a place and you're working for somebody under authority, don't sit there and bark and gripe and complain and fuss about the hand that's feeding you, giving you opportunity. Because there's somebody else looking for your job. You ungrateful thing. How dare us? How can we expect God to show favor on us when we're ungrateful? And I understand job changes. I've done them. I've worked at the car wash. I've done that. I've worked at the nursing home. I've done that. I pumped gas. I've done that. And I've done it a lot. I've root houses, and it was horrible. I've done that. I picked strawberries, and it was terrible. I've detasseled corn, and it was itchy. I picked suckered soybeans, and it was stupid. I've done a lot of things. I have. I've done a lot of things. I've ground... And I did not drink a Mountain Dew tonight either, honey. I didn't, yeah. <sighs> this is not, this is the Holy Spirit. I really feel it with all my heart. I really do. And um, so, but the thing about authority, it's not just being under it, but it's also embracing it in yourself. Because a lot of times you come here and I speak what I've just spoke about, submitting under authority. Friend, you are an authority figure. 
And are you respected? And the decisions you make, do you make decisions based on what benefits everybody or do you make decisions in authority based on what benefits you? What we're going to be talking about Thursday night, one of the things we will discuss is a lot of our problems with addictions is we base everything on what we want and our authority stinks. It stinks. And it's inappropriate. But your authority is critical just as much as it is learning to submit to authority in your life. In Ezekiel chapter 33, if you'll go there, I'll tell you what verse to go to in just a minute. Authority uh, is someone who is a watchman. When when Nick and them were singing that song this morning, I I was thinking about the character of Christ. Do you understand what Jesus did when he went to Calvary? There was no mountain he didn't climb. There was no lie he didn't shoot down. There was no no shadow he didn't bring light to. I'll botch it up. But none of these things that that song talked about are everything that he done for me and you. He went to battle for me and you. He defended you when you were undefendable. When you were just gross and you were horrible and you had a reputation. And everybody knew what you were. He was still fighting for you because he's a watchman. And when we come into our walk with Christ, we become watchmen, and now we're in a place of authority. We may not be somebody's boss, but we are spiritual authorities to people under us. And when you go to Ezekiel chapter 37, 33, and verse 7, it says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, that thou shalt hear the word in my mouth and warn them from me. Let me tell you how critical that is as someone in authority. You better learn how to listen and pay attention when he speaks to you so you can speak. Because if you're not leading by proper example, and we have all failed, I have failed miserably many times. But when we consistently don't lead by example, then our authority will not resonate with those that's under us. But how critical it is that we take the authority as a watchman to provide good counsel, good wisdom, character in how we live and what we say and how we behave. Are you with me? You are a watchman. The authority isn't always what we listen to. It's also what we walk in. Because you are an authoritative figure. You just are. You may think, well, I'm a teenager. Well, guess what? Some teenagers carry a little bit of authority with them. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Some teenagers have a character about them that supersedes their age. Others act like everybody else, and they have no authority because they don't lead, they follow. There was something we used to say when I was in junior high, and I'm going to say it to you, but I don't mean it literally. When you're where I'm from, have y'all ever heard of corn cob pops? Corn cobs had a lot of, a lot of jobs where I'm from, y'all. <laughs> We're going to leave that one alone. I'm dying up here, aren't I? We're going to have to close. Uh, they did. You ground them up for silage. Okay, I'm done. Man, I don't know what's wrong with me. That must have been something wrong with that Dr. Pepper. I don't know if I've ever been quite this stupid acting. All right, it's your responsibility to warn. It's your responsibility to lead. It's your responsibility to love. It's your responsibility to be a watchman, an authority, to be better spiritually, spiritually in tune, able to teach and to draw other people to Christ. 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I will, I will wrap this up. Why should I listen to authority? Why should I? I'm going to give you the example of someone who's had more things happen bad to him than any of us have ever thought about. And you make, make excuses for why you've made the decisions you have and been to places and done the things. And you can say it's because somebody done this to me or somebody done that. And I understand that. There is validity to that. But there's also a time that we have to rise above the things that's been done to us with injustice. 
And if you go back to the first Samuel, you look in chapter 24, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and end it with this. Are y'all still with me over here? All right. Y'all still all right? Anybody nodding off? You haven't nodded off tonight, have you? All right. So, <clears throat> but there was a guy by the name of David. And David was, you know, the last brother who was out tending sheep whenever Samuel was trying to anoint the new king. And they said, go get him from the sheep, bring him in. And he wasn't like the others. He wasn't as old. He was smaller, whatever. He was a young guy. And he come before them. But the thing that David had was something so unique about the authority he carried in his person. And as you go to chapter 24, you begin to see instances when Saul kept trying to kill him. But in 1 Samuel 24, you'll see something about David you don't see anywhere else in Scripture like this guy. Him and his guys were in the cave, and they were in there hiding because Saul was trying to kill them all. And they heard Saul's army come in, so they stayed deep in the cave. They got all their little, they had uh, those red flashlights. How many of y'all know your enemy can't see green or red at nighttime? You turn it on, you are lost. Okay, that's hunting. So they snuck out, and David went up, and he cut the robe, part of the garment off of Saul. And he went out across the valley and on the next hill, and he began to yell something. And let me go there, because I do want to read this, and now we'll promise you we will close with this last point. Am I okay? Am I in trouble after church? What, honey? I'm not yet. For the opening? Yeah, I don't know what happened on the opening. I've already forgot. So uh, when my wife sits like this, Bill, when my wife sits like this and her legs cross and she's patting her foot and her hands are like this, I know that I'm, I need to shut up and close the service. Uh, yes. Go to 1 Samuel 24. There were 21 total attempts on David's life, either setting him up through military or, or whatever was going on. And um, I'm going to go over here to verse 7, I think it is. I could go to verse 4. Let me just touch on verse 4. Um, and the men of David said unto him, Behold, <clears throat> the day which the Lord has said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into your hand, that thou mayest do him as it seemeth good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. And let's move it forward over to verse 8. David also afterward went out of the cave, and he cried after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth, and bowed himself down. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thy eyes have seen how the Lord hath delivered thee into my hand in the cave. And I, some bade me to kill thee, but my eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth my hand against the Lord, against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in it that I have cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know, they, know thou and see that it is neither evil nor transgression in my hand, and I have not sinned against you, that thou mayest huntest my soul to take it. Go down to verse 16. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my, thy, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and he wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I. When I read that and thought about authority, if there was ever anybody in Scripture that understood authority, it was David. Someone who sought to kill him, to run him down and accuse him. And he refused to retaliate and take his own life or say a negative word about his king. He probably shouldn't have cut his clothes, but he was making a point. 
David knew what it was. And you notice the thing that Saul said to him? He said, you are more righteous than I am. At that point, I believe everything shifted. Because the righteousness of David was made manifested by his king, the Lord. And I really think that everybody's hearts began to shift. You can read the rest of the story if you like. But in our lives, it is so critical how we respond to those in authority. So critical. So critical. Because it follows you along wherever you go, the way you handle authority in your life. And I'm sorry I got out there. I don't normally <laughs> that bad. But, man, I'm excited about what God wants to do. I cannot even begin to tell you. I'm going to tell you this. I know this is your church, and man, I'm so tickled it is. But do for 15 years, we have poured our lives into this place. And from this building and the old building in town, repainting those black walls and changing them white in the hallways and, and taking single bulbs in a 40-foot hallway and putting fluorescents in and stuff piled in, in Sunday school closets. Remember that, Brenda? Those Sunday school rooms, Ruth, were just piled with junk and I remember what it was in the beginning. And so I have such a different view than anybody else here. Some of you have been here a year. Some of you have been here five years. Some of you have been here the whole 15. But our life has been poured into this place. Man, I want to see God go above and beyond anything. He already has it gone above and beyond what we can think or ever imagined. But I believe there's so much more. If we will embrace His authority and we will be the authority we need to be, there is no stopping what the power of God can do in people's lives. So on Thursday nights, I believe it's going to be a whole new avenue of opportunity. And I'm just expecting, man. I want to see God do great things. And uh, I think I'm done. You got some music back there ready, Missy? Misty, you ready? I, I didn't know Misty was back there because you can't see her. Sorry. If she doesn't extend her hand up all the way, you just see her fingers. And uh, uh, she's there, yeah. But I'm telling you, folks, embrace authority. Understand the principles behind it. There's some other scripture. I'll make sure those Wednesday night that'll tie into this. But um, obedience is the key. When you walk in obedience, you'll walk in favor. You walk in rebellion, you'll walk in curses. Let's stand if you don't mind.